Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. Welcome to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, and give us a review. It really does help others find our podcast. And now you can download the Contagious Disciple Making app from your favorite app store. Join us on the app where you can join our community of disciple makers and learn from our podcast, blogs, and videos that help you with practical skills for making disciples in your life and ministry. Your support allows us to create new content and help disciple makers just like you transform their communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And join us on Patreon. Those who give at least $5 a month will have access to premium podcast content not available anywhere else that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. Hey, um, I'm Paul Watson, and I'm here with Michael Garcia in Escondido, California, where we are getting ready to do a training mm-hmm. like uh, tomorrow. I don't know when you guys are going to see this, but it'll be tomorrow uh, here and uh, talk about uh, engaging people and really building up the team here. But this is the first time I've been in Escondido, not the first time in California and not the first time in San Diego. But uh, Escondido, yes, apparently I never crossed the street into Escondido before. And uh, it's the first time I get to meet a lot of these friends that I've been able to talk to and hear about all this time. And Michael's one of them. And I want to get to know Michael a little bit better. And I want you to know Michael a little bit better. And so uh, we're just going to start talking and trust that that you're going to be interested in what we have to say. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So, Michael, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Are you... Born and bred Californian, been here your whole life, or did you transplant in from somewhere else? So what's the story there? Yeah, so I was born in Hawaii. Uh, Only lived there. Yeah, my dad was in the Navy. Okay. Um, But I only lived there for like 18 months, so I didn't get to really enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, then moved all over the U.S. and then finally ended up here in uh, Southern California and been here for the last... 20 years or so. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And so uh, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Did you grow up in a home where, where Jesus was kind of the middle and center of the home? Was that something that came in later? Was that something you discovered later on in life? You know, What's your faith journey there? Yeah, it's definitely uh, evolved, but um, like from the beginning, uh, my family's been, you know, going to church. They've been Christian. Um, and, you know, as, as the years have gone by, we've kind of, I think it's more... Uh, it's kind of changed and become more, um, I don't know, refined, I would say. Right. The center, <laughs> yeah. kind of that center, yeah, that definitely. core and everything. Definitely. And so when when would you say, you know, uh, I know that when I was following Jesus that uh, I, my mom led me to Christ when I was like four years old. I had just finished listening to like an old gospel song and I couldn't understand why anyone wanted to kill Jesus. And I just like broke down in tears <laughs> and my mom told me all about it and I prayed to receive Christ. Yeah. So, uh, but it wasn't until later in life that I had that moment where it moved from me following God because that's what we did as a family to me following God because I loved him. Yeah. Did you have a moment like that in your life? I did. Um, I think for me, it was the summer after my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so up to that point, I believed that, like, I think I was, I was a Christian, but, uh, it was, it really changed, uh, that summer because, um, I had somebody come into my life who really, I guess kind of made me realize for the first time what God's grace really looks like mm-hmm. and how that affects my day-to-day life instead of just being this like broad idea, okay. um, that I learned in church. Um, and that really kind of transformed the way that, um, I saw Christ, I saw 
my faith and uh, it helped me to live that out. That's really cool. Now, talk to me about your thoughts about evangelism, thoughts about discipleship. I mean, when you when you first were introduced to those terms as a, as a Christian, mm-hmm. where did that where did that come in in your life? Yeah, uh, I think for me, like, so I think being raised in the church, I've always like been taught about sharing the gospel and like evangelizing to people and missions and all of that. Um, but it was something I was very, I still kind of am a kind of a timid person. Mm. And so growing up, it was just something that I was like, I felt obligated, like I'm supposed to be doing this, but I can't because I'm too scared of people too scared. don't know what to say. Um, and it wasn't until very recently, like, uh, through, um, Jolene and Jonathan, um, and learning about DMM and all of that, that I realized that it's actually so much simpler than I had thought it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So before you kind of had this understanding that it was this big monolithic thing that you weren't sure that you were cut out to do. Right. But Just that by I was nature, supposed to do. you were supposed to do it, yeah. but didn't feel cut out to do it by nature of personality. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, that that's kind of a really sad place to be, right? Yeah. Because you're like, I'm supposed to do this, but I don't even know if I can do it because God didn't make me the right way. Yeah. And it felt like a major kind of like point of guilt and shame because wow. it's like, yeah, it's like I can, I guess I can try and do other things better, but I, this is something that's kind of weighing on me. Yeah. And I think you're not the only one in that, that there's a lot of people who particularly more, more introverted people that would mm-hmm. think that evangelism and disciple making is for those people that are extroverted and those people that can get up in front of a crowd, those people that can talk about everything. And so, yeah, that would be a pretty rough thing. So tell me, what is it about disciple making movements, DMM? that has you thinking or differently about making disciples what changed what about it changed yeah well i like i think uh what changed is realizing that it's just kind of doing the things that i'm already doing with unbelievers in my life such Mm -hmm. as just building relationships having conversations like realizing that it's okay to have like it's broken down into casual meaningful spiritual discovery like it's okay to have casual conversations it doesn't have to be this like all right, I'm being around my unbelieving friends. I need to make sure that I like get all of the gospel perfectly condensed into this package and in an appealing way for them. Right. Which it felt like there was that pressure before. So it's kind of it kind of took the pressure off, and then it helped you understand that there were a lot of steps between here and there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and so and by breaking it down into those baby steps, you felt like it now became something that was doable. Exactly. Nice. Very cool. And yeah. so as you started learning these principles, I mean, like everybody, you start trying to figure out how it applies within your life. And uh, I know that there have been some some stories uh, that I've been able to read mm-hmm. and I've heard from you. And, and we've, we've put them out in various forms in CDM blogs and stuff like that. But I'd like to talk a little bit about it. Talk to me about, you know, what were you doing that day when things started to open up with Pearson? I mean, so how did that whole thing begin and and everything else to, to where it is right now? Yeah. So Pearson was somebody I had worked with for a while. Um, and we had had, like, we had started building a friendship. He invited me uh, to go uh, with some friends, some coworkers to dinner one time. And that's kind of where our friendship started. And then over time, just got to know him. Uh, we had, like, game nights over at my house and whatnot. Um, and uh, I think that particular day, I would just... I was reading, I had brought my Bible to work just to read during uh, um, lunchtime. And he saw me pulling it out of my locker and he was curious, like, oh, what's that? And, you know, I shared with him, like, oh, this, I'm just reading my Bible. And he was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, 
this uh, this uh, spokesperson that I this podcast uh, that I listened mm-hmm. to, the guy was saying that you know the Bible is one of the great books that everyone should read at some point. Oh yeah, and uh, so he was he was like, yeah, I've been meaning to like go through that, and this was like very shortly after uh, Jolene had introduced me and my family to the DBS, right, uh, and what that looked like, and so I was like, oh, maybe this is like an opportunity to be like. Right. Hey, and so yeah, I was like, "Hey, would you like to do a like Bible study?" And uh, and he was interested, and that's kind of where that started. That's awesome. And so when you, how would you say that Pearson's, you know, the first couple of Discovery Bible studies that you started doing, uh, what was Pearson's um, approach or, or demeanor as he came into into Scripture and, and everything mm-hmm. else and started to read that? Yeah, I think um, so. He was he was raised uh, Catholic, like his family had grown up in the Catholic church. And so I think he, um, he had an understanding. He had like, you know, read things in the Bible before. So he, he felt, uh, comfortable doing it. Um, but he was always, I think it was also, uh, kind of like deferring to like, he's like, Oh, well, Michael's the one who's introducing the Bible study. So I'll let him kind of like lead things and right. like, share, like, yeah, pretty much just, uh, facilitator answer questions or what have you, you yeah know? so okay okay yeah. and did he did he seem to like be spiritually seeking himself or did he approach it more from a a this is an interesting book kind of a perspective i, I mean gotcha. yeah um i think it was definitely more the latter the okay. um like this is an interesting book an interesting, i should yeah, read intellectual kind mm-hmm. of like analyzing it kind of like that. Now, I think that there was a moment for you when that kind of switched, right? So tell, unpack that for me. What happened that day? What were you reading? And what? where did that make that switch for him? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the moments that comes to mind for me that I really realized that, you know, God is working in Pearson's life was um, I had uh, prayed before one of our studies. I think we were doing the, we were going through the story of the woman at the well. Okay. Um, but I'd prayed before it just cause I got the sense that it was very much like more of an intellectual thing. Wasn't really sure if anything was going on. So I had prayed like, um, along the lines of like, God, please like use your word to work in Pearson. Let it be something that's, you know, not just we're reading here, but it's something that kind of keeps coming back to his mind and like mm. e- even like keeps him awake at night, like thinking about okay. it kind of thing. And so prayed that and went into the study and, um, at some point, like kind of probably towards the end, um, he was like, man, Mike, like, I got to tell you, like, I've just been, I've been at work and the stories that we're reading will just randomly come to mind. Like they'll just pop into my head for no reason. Like, and like, I've been really thinking about them. And, um, and at the woman of the well story, he, there was something about that, that he like particularly resonated with. He's Mm -hmm. like, Michael, this is like, this is my favorite story so far. Like, oh, cool. I, I love this story. So um, I think that was kind of the, that was the moment where it was like, oh, okay. Like, it was a reminder, like, you know, God has been working, but it's, it's yeah, happening. It's, that happens, that, and, and I love how you brought up the idea of prayer, because that's something we talk about a lot in Contagious Disciple Making, that, that prayer is, is that us aligning with God and inviting him into the space so that uh, that there he's meeting with with uh, Pearson in this point, and that's that's what we want to have happen, and and so that prayer uh, for you, prayer for the community. I know the community has been praying for you mm-hmm. and for uh, for Pearson as well, and so that's really exciting to hear that 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 moment was there. I think I think God loves those moments because He's like, see, invite me in. I'm waiting. Yeah. 
and and I want to be here and I want to engage in everything. So I, I absolutely love that part of it. You know, we throughout the Discovery Bible study process, we ask questions like, what does this say about God? What does it say about people? And what does it say, you know, if we believe this is from God, what mm. we do? And you know this, you've been doing it with Pearson for a sure. while. But um, were there any times along the way that Pearson would say something like, you know, either about God or about people or even about his own obedience that you're kind of like, okay, this shows a deeper level of thinking. It shows that something's going on in here. Yeah. Um, I think particularly with the, um, like obedience statement, uh, recently since doing the, um, the class, mm -hmm. the morning class, um, just realizing that I don't have to be as, and I shouldn't be as hands on with the, like trying to get him to say a specific obedience statement or what have you. Um, just kind of being hands off and letting him see where, see where it leads, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so recently, uh, there's just been some, like, uh, I guess, conflict that he's been experiencing at work. And um, I think we, we've been going through the stories of hope. Um, mm -hmm. And most recent, or one of the more recent ones was the story of the uh, tax collector and the Pharisee. Where, you know, the Pharisee's, like, saying, uh, at least I'm not this person right. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I guess at work he had he's had somebody who you know the rest of his coworkers kind of look down on. They, it's a someone in leadership that they really just don't like. They don't get along with. They don't respect. And he's felt that way for a, for a while as well. Um, but after reading that story, something that he wanted to do was to have like a kind of one on one conversation with this leader, mm. with the intent of getting to understand like where they're coming from, like what's kind of going on uh, that is maybe causing conflict, but. Also letting them know, like, hey, I'm going to, like, mm. I'll do what you tell me to do. Oh, wow. Thing. So even affirming that. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Did he follow through and have the conversation? Do you know? He did, yeah. And he wow. got he got a kind of some insight into what, what was going on, at, like, behind the scenes in this person's life that was causing some of this, like, uh, conflict at work and yeah. uh, has a better idea going forward of, you know, where they're at and... Um, how he can be aware of that. Wow, that's great. And yeah. so, okay, so he's living this out and he's he's already obeying the passage. Now, let me ask you this. Is, has Pearson at any time indicated that uh, that he has chosen to follow Jesus through all of this or is he still in that exploring place? That's a good question. Um, it's something that I've been trying to figure out how to bring up naturally like or like as a facilitator, when am I allowed to ask that mm. question, you mm. know, like, like, Hey, Pearson, we've been doing this for a while. It seems like there's stuff changing in your life. Where are you at with this? Um, so I've, I've been trying to figure out like how and when to do that. Right. Um, he hasn't indicated specifically that, you know, like he's given his life to Christ or anything like that. Okay. Not um, in, in a more traditional kind of sense. Sure. So, exactly. And yeah. I think, I think what I like about this is that, that, and, I, and I'd love to point out is that Pearson is already making changes in his life even before he said yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, and, and those, those changes are positively um, affecting his life. They're, they're making it to where, you know, he's now in a better relationship with this person mm -hmm. in leadership. And I'm sure there's other situations that you could think of too that, that yeah. have worked there. And, uh, and so a lot of times we think that life change happens after they say yes to Jesus, but life change is part of the process, mm -hmm. is part of the discipling process. Um, I think I like to I like to see it as sometimes it's that they 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 go to bed one night and they don't know Jesus and then there's a moment where they go they wake up the next morning and they're like wait a second how did this happen I love Jesus and I think that that may be what we can be praying for Pearson 
is that there will be that moment where where all of a sudden it's it's like he wakes up one morning he goes well I've been following Jesus mm. okay you know I I I guess I'm I guess I follow Jesus now and uh, so that'll be really cool that's something that you can join us in praying for Pearson and uh, praying that he will have that moment where he recognizes that he follows Jesus that he'll choose to follow and be believe, and be baptized as a follower of Jesus, and that not just for Pearson, but his whole family. I mean, because we never just stop at the individual. We always want to see their whole family and everything. And, and, you know, talking about those moments in DMM of where, how do we know that someone is following Christ? I think that's a great question. I'm really glad that this discussion's brought it up, is that we know because people are, um, they're, they're bearing the fruit in line with repentance. And so we start to see the fruit in their life begin to change. Mm. And then there, like I said, there's, there's that moment when all of a sudden they realize, oh, I'm following Christ. And as a disciple maker, we try to create moments where they can have that. And so I like reading through, um, a lot of times through the book of Acts uh, during these times, because then that allows them the chance to identify with this person and then to see what did that person do now that they chose to follow Christ. So like mm-hmm. when they read the story of uh, Cornelius and they're like, I need to be baptized or the Ethiopian eunuch, I, I need to be baptized or, or Lydia or any of these others, you know, just story after story after story and how they live. And then that creates that opportunity that says, oh, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I know that you guys probably have heard um, one of the stories that we tell of a gentleman in Africa who came to know Jesus. And there was that moment where they were just like, oh, I need to be baptized because I read I read this story and everything. And I think that that's what we can also pray for Pearson mm-hmm. is that that he continues on this journey, that he has that moment where he realizes he's crossed that line into faith and that he chooses to follow in, in baptism and becomes a disciple maker himself. Um, I'd love to see him start making disciples through Target because you're not there anymore, right? Right. Right. You've moved on, but you continue the relationship with your coworkers. Yeah. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. Please like, share, and give us a review. It really does help others find our podcast. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.